Thanks for joining me on this Cleveland Baseball Morning. The final from Progressive Field in Cleveland. It's the Yankees 6, the Cleveland Indians 3. I'm Davey Barris, lifelong Cleveland baseball fan, and I want to talk about the actual game on the field, the thing I enjoy watching baseball being played. And wow, after that first inning last night, it felt like it was going to be a game we were really going to enjoy. And it turned out to be a giant bummer. I mean, is that the only way you could describe that game last night? A giant bummer. Uh, It felt like a game the Indians should have won. It felt like a game the Indians absolutely should have won. Going up against Domingo Herman, who was sent to the alternate site after his first two starts. I had a buddy who was interested in maybe putting a dollar or two down on the game last night. And he asked me about the over-unders. Uh, you know, about, you know, who's going to hit a home run. And we looked at Herman's numbers and Herman's splits were arguably terrible. I mean, his first two starts did not go well. He had an ERA of nine going into the game. Uh, He had given up in his first start three runs on only three innings, four runs on four innings on the start on April 10th. Then he gets sent to the alternate site. Now, his career splits, everything said the Indians should have beat up on this guy. And that's how the first inning felt. Uh, His career splits in away games, he had an ERA of... Now, this is updated after last night, but he had an ERA of 5.56 on the road, a home ERA of 3.53. That leads you to believe that on the road, the Indian, or, you know, in progressive field, the Indians had a chance against him. Speaking of progressive field, he's had two starts in progressive field. And let's look at the numbers from that. He was he was 0-2 going into the game last night. He's now 1-2 with a 6-7-5 ERA in three starts in progressive field after last night. Uh, he's given up 12 runs, uh, 13 runs, 12 earned in only 16 innings in progressive field. He's got a 1.5 whip in progressive field, which is not good. You want to be down around one or below one would be great. 1.5 is not good. So yeah, so he struggles in progressive field. He struggles on the road. He's been struggling this season. There's not all the numbers say that the Indians should have lit up Domingo Herman last night. And they did in the first inning. They really did in the first inning. They just couldn't do anything after that. I mean, it was unbelievable. I thought this thing was going to be a rout after the first inning. And uh, no, the Yankees end up getting the win again over the Indians. So let's get into it. Let's get into the storylines from last night. And the first storyline is mistakes. I mean, the, the beginning of this game, the first six runs of this game are pretty much all scored thanks to mistakes. And the Indians get their runs in the first inning. The Yankees get theirs in the third. In the first inning, so Luplo strikes out to start the game. As much as we want to see Luplo in there and get lots of at-bats, and he should, he should continue to get at-bats. You cannot make decisions on one game. Luplo did not have a good game last night. So he strikes out to start the game. Cesar Hernandez gets a bloop single into left field. Uh, it's a ball that... Brett Gardner absolutely should have caught. He came sliding in on a ball that was, you know, would have been a little low for him to catch. So he slides and it just pops out of his glove. So Cesar Hernandez gets gifted a single. Jose Ramirez does the work. He drops a double down the right field line. Um, 
So then runners are on second and third. Eddie Rosario is up. Eddie Rosario hits a ball somewhat hard, 85.2 mile power exit velocity. This ball only had an expected batting average of 280 because a good first baseman uh, is going to make this play. Eddie Rosario hits a ground ball, hard hit ground ball towards first base. Uh, Ford, the first baseman for the Yankees, has to dive to his right, and it glances off his glove. And uh, eventually it's corralled by the second baseman, Odor, but it allows Cesar Hernandez to come in and score and puts runners on the corners. So not necessarily a mistake, but definitely not a ball uh, that you would expect to go for a single, right? Like I said, expected batting average of 280. you You're not expecting that to necessarily be a hit. So the Indians get another lucky break there. Then this is the real mistake. Fermil Reyes comes up. Chops one back to the pitcher's mound. Herman feels it and drops the ball, trying to go to second base, trying to maybe turn a double play and get out of the inning. Jose Ramirez I guessed right and was just breaking for home on contact. And he's able to score. Everybody's safe. And now the Indians are up 2 nothing. Josh Naylor finally makes them pay for the mistakes, hits an honest-to-God single out into right field, 103.2-mile-per-hour exit velocity, and Eddie Rosario is able to hustle around third, beats the throw from uh, former Cleveland Indian prospect, first-round pick Clint Frazier. It was a great slide. Slides gets his hand in under the tag. The tag comes on his shoulder, and he is safe at the plate. Uh, that was an honest-to-God baseball play. That one was fun. And then uh, Jake Bowers pops up, and uh, Roberto Perez strikes out to end the threat. So Herman gets out of it after giving up three runs in the first. So that that's that's a great start for the Cleveland Indians, and they just cannot capitalize on any other situations after that. Andres Jimenez singles the lead off the second. Nothing happening behind him. Uh, for Neil Reyes in the third, hits a triple. Hits a triple. The wind was blowing in last night. It was knocking things down. Probably on a night when the wind's blowing out or in a different park, that's a, that might have gone for a home run. But for Mio Reyes, hits a big drive out to uh, left center field. Uh, it bounces on the warning track high up off the wall. And he just made up his mind. As he was heading towards second base, he made up his mind that he could get a triple out of this. And the look in his eyes. I love it. I love the look. Because even live, in action, they show a close-up of him rounding second. And you can see his eyes decide he's going to get a triple out of this. And he hustles up, and he makes it in there and beats the throw into third. It reminded me of, do you remember when Travis Hafner hit for the cycle in Minnesota? The only thing he had left was he needed a triple. It was his final at-bat of the game. I, I don't remember if it was the eighth or the ninth inning. Probably the ninth. And he hits one that bounces up against the wall in right center field. And he has the exact same moment rounding second base where his eyes decide, I'm going to get a triple out of this. Nothing will stop me from getting to third base. And uh, Fermil Reyes had the same thing and uh, legs out a triple. Unfortunately, Naylor strikes out on a really, really bad pitch and Bowers lines out to end the threat. So yeah, so... We gave ourselves chances. We gave ourselves so many chances last night, and the offense just could not complete another inning. We couldn't scratch across another run. The Yankees do all their damage against at least Aaron Savali in the third inning. So the catcher, Kyle Higashioka, he starts the inning off with a double. 
Uh, Brett Gardner strikes out. DJ LeMayhew then singles. Uh, Higashioka had moved up, I believe, on a balk. And DJ LeMayhew singles into, just drops a ball into left field, and it brings the catcher Higashioka in to score. And that's the first run. All right, that was a fair run. They got a fair run off Aaron Savali. He then strikes out Aaron Judge on some really nice cutters on the outside edge. Really good pitching from Aaron Savali. And then Mike Ford walks. So now you've got runners on first and third. Or I'm sorry, first and second. And Glaber Torres comes up. Takes kind of a weak swing, but puts the ball out into right center field. It was only an 88.6 mile per hour exit velocity. It only had an expected batting average of 190. But here's the problem. You got Jordan Luplo playing center, and you got Josh Naylor in right field. And between the two of them, they're not great outfielders. Um, you know, Jordan Luplo is a serviceable outfielder. He is a he is a decent to all right outfielder that you can put at any position out there and he'll be serviceable he'll make the routine he'll make all the routine catches he'll make a few dramatic catches he'll make the smart throws you can trust him in the outfield Josh Naylor is proving that we cannot trust him in the outfield so this is a situation where Naylor is charging to his right he's charging at this ball and he's got to decide am I going for it or am I going to take it off the hop He doesn't decide. That's the problem. He lets the ball instead eat him up. It bounces off his foot. He kicks it all the way to the center field wall, has to go chase it down. Two runs come in to score. It turns into a triple for Torres. It's it's a single with an error that allows him to advance to third. And yeah, Josh Naylor blows this game for Savali by literally kicking the ball away. Now, here's the two things that should have happened. If he dives for the ball, if he slides for the ball, dives for the ball, you know, whatever, just goes all out for the ball and rolls over his right shoulder, whatever he does to go for the ball, if he misses it, Luplo was right behind him. That's how the outfield works. You have another outfielder backing you up, especially for balls in the gap. So you go for it and know that if that ball gets underneath you, if it gets past you, Luplo's right there. It's still a single. You know, one run comes in to score. It's probably runners at the corner, and that's fine. Savali still has two outs and can get out of the inning. But the other option is you sit back. You let the ball bounce. You let it come in. You know, let it hit you in the stomach. Whatever you got to do to knock it down, keep it in front of you. Same situation. Runners at the corner. One run is in. Savali still has a chance to get out of it. He did the one thing you cannot do, and that's the second game in a row where Naylor has made a really bad mistake. We didn't even talk about it in the White Sox game where he thought the ball might have uh, gotten away from the infield and thought he could score from third on that bases-loaded situation and got gunned out at the plate because Tim Anderson was standing at shortstop with the ball. So that's the second mental mistake from in a row from Josh Naylor. And if you want to play the outfield, he has to learn when to go for the ball, when not to go for the ball, and what is going to happen based on those two decisions and which de- what he's okay with happening based on those two decisions. Because I would have been okay with either of the scenarios I described. The one thing I wasn't okay with was what actually happened. So, yeah, I mean, Naylor just, he looks like that guy. He looks like that guy that you plays pickup basketball with you, right? And when he's on your team, he's bricking shots. He's turning the ball over. 
You know, every time you pass him the ball, it's a disaster. He's dribbling it off his foot. But then when he plays against you, he drops like five threes and you can't stop him. And you don't understand why when he's on your team, he makes all the mistakes. And when he's on the other team facing you, you can't stop him. That's the kind of guy Josh Naylor feels like. And I know you know who I'm describing. I know there's a guy at your local softball game or your local pickup basketball game that's exactly like that. And that's what Josh Naylor feels like right now. So we need Josh Naylor to be the guy that other teams are like, the guy kills us. Why does that guy kill us? He's not that good. Instead of the guy where we go, that guy is killing us. Uh, We can't keep putting him out there if he's going to keep killing us like that. All right. So that was the first storyline. The second storyline was uh, Domingo Herman settling down after that first inning. Now, the Indians made him work. But he really, he really settled down. His pitch mix on the day, he threw 29 curves, 26 fastballs, 23 change-ups, 12 sinkers. His best pitch when it comes to CSW actually was his fastball. He got a lot of called strikes on his fastball. But the change-up was really keeping us off balance. Uh, the average exit velocity off his change-up was 83.3. Uh, mile per hour exit velocity. We didn't hit anything over 100 miles per hour on either the curveball or the changeup. So both of those pitches were working for him. And yeah, he settles down. His final line on the day, six innings pitch, seven hits, three runs, two earned, a walk, and six strikeouts on 90 pitches. The Indians are credited with, I hate that they don't put commas. So The reason I always have to count these up is because I'm baseball savant. They just put the little fire icon for a hard hit ball. And a hard hit ball is anything over 95 mile per hour exit velocity. So it's a good indication of how a pitcher did. I'll give you an example. Aaron Savali in his five and a third only gave up three hard hit balls. Domingo Herman in his six innings. So they don't put any commas or anything. These fire icons are just smashed next to each other. So you literally have to sit here and squint and count them. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine hard hit balls were given up by, by Domingo Herman yesterday, but he was able to limit the damage. He didn't walk anyone like the Indians pitchers did, which we will get to. So yeah, nine hard hit balls, but he was able to keep the Indians off balance enough that uh, they weren't able to do a ton of damage against him after that first inning. And uh, I want to look at the pitch types against the batters. What were the Yankees pitchers doing against the batters? And it's pretty interesting here. So the one I want to look at first is Jose Ramirez. He got a ton of change-ups. This is from everybody he faced last night. He got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven change-ups out of, I think, 13 total pitches that he saw last night. So yeah, almost half the pitches he saw last night were change-ups, and they were all down and away. Everything he saw, aside from one fastball that was thrown in, way in off the plate, everything he saw were change-ups away, sinkers away, curveballs away, saw two curveballs away. He only got two fastballs on the night. One was way in, one was way out, and he took both for balls. So Jose Ramirez, they knew the scouting report going in, and it was to throw change-ups. Uh, it's really interesting to look at the pitches that different hitters got. Jordan Lublo actually saw a ton of pitches. They threw him everything, and they threw him in, out, up, down. They tried to get him to chase some change-ups away that he didn't, I don't believe he chased. 
Let's see, did he lay off them? Yeah, he laid off both of them. Uh, he saw a ton of pitches all over the place. For Cesar Hernandez, they challenged him with fastballs. Cesar Hernandez saw one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine fastballs out of 10, 11, 12, 13, 14 pitches. Uh, and a lot of fastballs up. They threw them up. Uh, top of the zone, on the edges, a lot of fastballs, and then a few changeups down. Eddie Rosario, he saw a lot of pitches off the plate, also a lot of changeups. He got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven changeups out of eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13 pitches himself. So almost half changeups for him. And he saw a lot of pitches off the plate, a ton of pitches way off the plate. And did he chase any of them? No, he was able to lay off all of them. So that's good at least. But they definitely, the scouting report is Eddie Rosario will expand the strike zone and will chase. Fermil Reyes, what do you think he saw a lot of? Curveballs. Ton of curveballs for Fermil. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine curveballs for Fermil Reyes last night. Naylor, my God. Fastball and curveball. Fastball's way above his head. And guess what? Both of them were swinging strikes. I mean, at his head, at his head height. I, I mean, the brim of his helmet. And they were both swinging strikes. You didn't have to do anything against uh, Josh Naylor last night. He was just going to whiff at everything. So, yeah, that's how they're attacking uh, some of the Indians hitters. Uh, I, I could go through the whole thing, but we try not to make this an hour-long podcast. So, yeah, Domingo Herman, despite getting hard hit, despite getting blown up in that first inning, actually figures out a way to settle down. Now, the final storyline of the night because Savali does pitch pretty good. I was surprised, and I think all of Indians' Twitter was surprised that they took him out so early. He goes five and a third, four, only four hits, three runs, only two of them earned. He does give up four walks, so that was a problem. It was a problem for all of Indians' pitching. They give up nine total walks on the game. And uh, Mandy Bell actually had it in her article about the game last night. Uh they were not throwing strikes. They, they only threw 53.1% strikes last night. It's the lowest the Indians have posted in a game since June 10th, 2011, when they threw 49.5% strikes, also against the Yankees. So yeah, Mandy Bell had it in her article, 53.1% strike rate last night. That's bad. That's really bad. And uh, it, it was bad all around. I mean, Savali... 93 pitches, only 53 were strikes. Shaw, 18 pitches, only 9 were strikes. Whitgren, 26 pitches, only 11 were strikes. Karantrek, 6 pitches, only 3 were strikes. Quantrill, 15 pitches, only 5 were strikes. Oliver Perez, 17 pitches, 12 were strikes. That's bad. That's really bad. And Brian Shaw ends up with the bases loaded, works out of it. Nick Whitgren ends up with the bases loaded, can't work out of it ends up giving a dribbler up the middle on a weekly hit ball. I mean, if you we go back over to the scoreboard tab here, um, the single up the middle, all right, I guess it wasn't that weekly hit. It was a 101.3 mile per exit velocity, but it was a situation where they had shifted for Runan Odor. They had shifted everybody over to the right side of the infield, and it's a situation where if a shortstop had been there, they'd probably come up with that ball. If they didn't shift so hard for Odor, uh, I have no doubt that Jimenez comes up with that ball and that they're able to get out of that inning. But because of the shift, the ball gets through to center field, and it brings two runners in to score. 
So uh, they're able to take a big lead. 5-3 felt like a mountain knowing the Yankees' bullpen. And it was. The Indians could not come back from that. So, yeah. Uh, and then Quantrill, it does not get good for Quantrill. Um, he gives up a leadoff home run to Higashioka. He gives up a single to Brett Gardner. He does get a double play. Uh, walks Judge and gets Mike Ford in a force out. So he's able to get out of it after the leadoff home run. However, like I said, 15 pitches, only five were strikes from Quantrill. Not great. And then in the ninth inning, in the ninth inning, Oliver Perez comes in to get some work, gives up three hits. He loads the bases. Luckily, doesn't walk anybody. And he's able to get Higashioka to strike out and Brett Gardner to pop out to get out of it. And then the Indians have to face a Raldis Chapman in the ninth. And uh, that does not go well for the Indians. Ever. Ever. Three strikeouts. Strikes out the side. He did walk Ahmed Rosario, who was pinch hitting in the ninth spot. But he strikes out Roberto Perez, strikes out Luplo, and gasses Cesar Hernandez with the heat to strike him out. So, yeah, the Indians do not do well when they face a Raldis Chapman. So... Yeah, the Indians' bullpen, man, they just could not hang on to this thing. They couldn't keep us in the game, and it didn't matter because the offense wasn't doing anything from that point. And uh, it was a really, really bad day for Indians pitching after Savali, who I, I don't think pitched terrible. He doesn't get the loss. Wickren takes a loss. Wickren, Wickren is really struggling, especially in these high-pressure situations. I don't know if you can keep using Nick Wickren in these high-pressure situations. I mean, in the seventh inning, he has to face, and I saw this conversation going on, he has to face the heart of the Yankees' order. He has to face LeMahieu, Aaron Judge, Ford, Gleyber Torres, Aaron Hicks, Bruno Dorr, and Clint Frazier. So he starts with the best hitters in the lineup, DJ LeMahieu and Aaron Judge. Now, he does get a strike out of LeMahieu and walk Aaron Judge. I thought Wickren was being aggressive uh, he nibbled against Judge. I thought he nibbled really against Judge. You know, bad walks against Judge and Hicks to load the bases. But I thought he was battling. I just, man, it wasn't a terrible pitch he threw Odor. Like I said, if a shortstop had been there, they'd probably come up with the ball. I just, Wickren does not have it right now in these high-pressure situations. And people were surprised that um, that wasn't, uh, Karinchak, who came in and pitched the seventh. You know, Francona said that there's not going to be roles in this bullpen. He said that guys will pitch when we need them to pitch. But it sure feels like the role is Wickering gets the seventh, Karinchak gets the eighth, and Klausai gets the ninth. That feels like the roles right now, and that's exactly what he did last night. Instead of using Karinchak against the best hitters on the Yankees. So, yeah, it was rough. It was rough from the Indians' bullpen last night. And we'll see. I don't think Quantrill should be in the Indians' bullpen right now. I think Quantrill needs to go back to the alternate site and work on some stuff. I think he really needs to work on some stuff. I think that uh, more opportunities for Phil Maiden, more opportunities for Sam Hentages. Um, I know I'm still not saying that right. I know I cannot get that right for the life of me. Um, Sam Hentage. Uh, more opportunities for these guys that have a little bit more life in their arm and more, you know, I think could be more aggressive pitchers out of the bullpen right now than Quantrill is. I really think he needs to focus. He needs to work on some stuff. He needs to work on some stuff and get himself right because we know he could be a good pitcher, but 
I think he struggled in all spring training. I think he really struggled in spring training, and it's carried over to the season. And he's, I don't know if he's going to figure it out in the bullpen, uh, you know, pitching late innings like this. I know they brought him in because, you know, the Yankees already had the lead, and now you want to eat up innings and hope you, maybe your offense can get back on, out there and get back in the game. But you're pitching him in the seventh inning of a game against the Yankees where you had the lead at one point. Like, I just... I don't know if that's the spot for Cal Quintrill. So, yeah, not great. Not great for the Indians' bullpen. And, uh, yeah, that's the storylines from the game. Uh, Looking at the rest of the offensive box score, it's not fantastic for anybody. Fermil Reyes did have that triple. Cesar Hernandez actually had three singles yesterday. He gets that bloop uh, that uh, Brett Gardner drops, and then he singles through the right side to Clint Frazier, and then he ropes a single back through the left side back at Brett Gardner. So for three hits on the day, for a guy who really needed it, really needed it, gets his average back up to 200, a guy who, if he can get on base twice a game, can really unlock things for the offense, right? That was his goal last year, to be on base twice a game. Three for five with a run scored. I'm giving Cesar Hernandez MVP for the day. He put together a decent offensive effort. A few other people contributed, right? Jose Ramirez had that double. Eddie Rosario had that single in the first. Vermeil Reyes had that triple. Naylor had the RBI single in the first. But after that first inning, the only one who was getting any hits was Cesar Hernandez. So he gets MVP for the day for going three for five. Savelli also pitched good. Like I said, only had three hard hit balls off of Savelli, only six strikeouts. Um, it just, yeah, it just maybe if Savelli would have hung in there a little longer, I would have given him MVP for the day. But it's gonna go to Cesar Hernandez today. All right, the Indians and the Yankees are back at it tomorrow. It's a seven o'clock start for a Friday night game. And it's going to be Montgomery, the lefty, against Logan Allen, also the lefty. So get ready. Luplo will be back in there leading off, I'm sure. Um, I bet you Ahmed Rosario starts a short because apparently those guys are in a platoon now. I I mean, that just seems like what Francona is going to do. Uh, Chu will be starting at first base, so I'm excited about that. And I'm excited because I am going to the game. Uh, yeah, I am actually going to the Indians game, so... It's going to be a fun one. I have no idea how I'm going to get a podcast out tomorrow because obviously it'll be a late night coming home from the game. And then I actually have to work tomorrow at like Saturday on Saturday at like 7 a.m., 8 a.m. So we'll see how I can squeeze a podcast episode out. I will try my best. It may just come like in the afternoon on Saturday. It may be a Cleveland baseball afternoon for the next podcast episode, but I'll let you know what it's like being at the game with 30% capacity and, uh, you know, what my experience is like going back to a baseball game after being away uh, for a long time. I haven't been to a game since 2019, so it has been a while. All right, that's all my thoughts. Thanks for joining me on this Cleveland baseball morning. Again, the final from Progressive Field. It's the Yankees 6, the Indians 3. We'll be back tomorrow to talk about this lefty matchup. You can follow me on Twitter at Davey Barris. You can email the show at clevelandbaseballmornings at gmail.com. Let me know your thoughts on the game, and we'll discuss them on the show. Also, I'm hosting this podcast on Anchor, so if you go to anchor.fm forward slash clevelandbaseballmornings, you can leave a voicemail for the show. We'll play them back on the air, respond to your thoughts, and we'll have a fun conversation amongst the fans about baseball. So thanks again for joining me on this Cleveland Baseball Morning.